We rejoice today as we come together to worship the Lord in all his glory, in his greatness, and all his goodness this morning. We welcome you to the message, and we trust that each of you in the, in the family will know that the church should be the most loved thing in your life. Why? Because Christ is the head of the church, and you are the body of Christ. And God loves you with this everlasting love. And this morning you are commissioned as the church to share the love of God with others. And so as we come to pray this morning, we're going to pray for the body of Christ, uh, scattered at the moment, but we'll be together either at the coming of Christ or when covert is gone. Let's pray in the name of Jesus this morning. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for your presence. We want to thank you where you dwell is in glory. And it's there that we have access through the blood of Jesus Christ, your son, into your presence. At your holy throne, we say thank you this morning, almighty, eternal, invisible, immortal God. We say blessed be your holy name. Come and visit us, we pray, as your word is ministered, as your spirit speaks to our lives. May we take in to our hearts and into our minds the things that cause our faith to grow. We pray this morning that we may know you and exalt you as you are. Father, bless each family and raise us up this morning to be God conscious in these moments. We ask it in Jesus' name for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. We go very quickly this morning to back to the life of Moses as we find him and the children of Israel at the foot of Mount Sinai. And there a very interesting thing takes place where Moses has gone up to Mount Sinai as we saw last week and uh, he prepared the people and God had written out the wonderful Ten Commandments with his own finger. And yet when Moses returns they built a golden calf and they were worshipping the God of their own imagination. And uh, Moses is angry. He throws down the tablets and we find that he grinds those tablets, he punishes the people and God judges the people that day for their idolatry. Idolatry means you put, you, you put something above God. You allowed your desire for what you want to be greater than the desire of God in your own life. And so we notice the time moves a little bit and God calls Moses back again to the mountain. And this is a very interesting passage in Exodus chapter 33 and Exodus chapter 34. Um, when God speaks to Moses uh, in Mount Sinai. And the Bible says here, And the Lord said to Moses, Cut two tablets of stone, like the first ones, and I will write on the tablets the words that are on the first tablets, which you broke. And those words are the Ten Commandments. Now listen to this in verse 5. It says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, that's with Moses, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him, that's Moses, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God is merciful and gracious and long-suffering and abounding in goodness and in truth. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression, 
by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and, and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. We go over now to verse 18 and we see after that experience, we see that the Lord says here in chapter 33 and verse 18, it says, and he said before all this, Please show me your glory. Please show me your glory. I wonder if you've ever questioned who God really is. God is a glorious God. God is a God who, whose character and nature is revealed through his glory. And I can only say this morning, uh, in my own words, as Moses asked to see God's glory, that means to see God as he is. Can any man see God and live? The Lord said, I will pass by you and I'll put my hand over you in the cleft of the rock. For no man has seen God and lived. So the Lord descended and proclaimed his name. My prayer this morning is in this world in which we live, it's a world of darkness. <clears throat> it's a world in which the glory of God is not sought anymore. It's a world in which God doesn't visit in this special way, in his person per se, and speak literally to us anymore. Although God has spoken and he's still speaking through his word. So someone said, why was I created? Man was created for the glory of God. You stop and think about that this morning. You were created in this world for the glory of God. In its wickedness and in its unbelief, in its darkest day that we live, man doesn't see the glory of God. All because man is an unbeliever. All because man is self-contained. All because man in his own world loves and exonerates man and not God. The hymn writer put it this way. If you describe a God, and, and they would say, if God is invisible, how could you see him? Well, God shows himself in his invisibleness to us. And so I've coined a little word here, the Godness of God. That's the glory of God, the Godness of God. And that's what Moses wanted to see. The Godness of God. <clears throat> and lovingly, the hymn writer puts it this way. Immortal. Invisible. God only wise. In light, inaccessible. You can't reach him. He's hidden from our eyes. Most blessed, most glorious, almighty, victorious. The, thy great name we praise. Now we often sing that in the old days we used to sing that hymn at college I sang it every day but to say this to you it's a, it, it, it's a gripping few words that almost lets you stand in awe and wonder of this glorious and great God. It is hard to talk about the Godness of God in today's society when the darkness and immorality is around us every day. If that prevails, surely God is a God who has created a world that has rejected him. He came unto his own, but his own did not receive him. 
And so, what is it then that we're looking at this morning? Um, I do believe in all that man is trying to do, he doesn't search for God anymore. Therefore, he doesn't know the glory of God. So, let's take the question then this morning, what is the glory of God? If I have to summarize the passage quickly for you in a few a few lines, it says this, that the glory of God, as we see in this passage, is the greatness of God. We'll look at that. The glory of God is the goodness of God, revealed. This is all revealed. The glory of God is His name, Yahweh, the almighty and eternal God. The glory of God is His ways. They're not our ways, but they are His ways. They are too awesome to consider. They are glorious. The glory of God is His presence. Yes, when you know the presence of God. The glory of God is His character. Where would we find all this this morning? Well, the Bible teaches us that firstly, let's look that God's glory is revealed. You cannot create an image and say, this beautiful statue, look at the magnificence of God, because it's man-made. It expresses man's picture of God. The glory of God is God's picture of himself. And verse 18 of chapter 33 gives us that reassurance again. And he said, show me your glory. How did God show his glory to Moses and to the people? First of all, in the, in, the, in the pillar of the cloud. When the cloud was there, they knew his presence was there. In the fire in the evening, in the pillar of fire, God was there. In the storm on Mount Sinai, the lightning and the thunder, they knew that that was the expression of God's greatness and glory. None of us on earth can create those things. And so Moses, at a very discouraged time, goes back up the mountain. The children have become idolatrous. They have been released from slavery. They're idolatrous. And I want to say this morning, in the hour of great discouragement as Christians, in the world where it doesn't seem as though God is honored by man or government or anybody else, we must look again for His glory. So let's look together. First of all, give us a clear vision, Lord, of Your glory as You reveal it. It is revealed, firstly, in God's greatness. Where do you see God's greatness? In God's creation. I lay on my Air Force bed years ago and I heard these words, man has landed on the moon. And those astronauts could only go back to one place. And that place was the Bible. Their quotes came over the little radio I had. In the beginning, God, as they hurtled towards the dark side of the moon. They saw the sun come up, as it were, and they saw the earth, a little round ball in this massive universe. And they said from their hearts, God is everywhere. They could see the greatness of God in that magnificent creation. That's the glory of God is His greatness. Why would it be so? Why would God reveal His greatness? Because in the pagan world in which the, the um, Israelites had lived among the Egyptians, among the nations they were conquering, God was an idol, an expression of man. And there was no glory of God in these stone images. 
Just like there's no glory of God in the worship of ancestors. There's no, there's no glory of God in, in the gurus who bring their gods to the table. That's man-made revelation. You need a God revelation of God. And so I'm trying to bring you to a sense today, a consciousness, that God in His greatness says this in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. Have you seen it lately? Have you stopped in awe and wonder and said, how great <clears throat> thou art? <clears throat> I believe with all my heart this morning when I stood on top of Mount Kilimanjaro 14 years ago at half past five in the morning as the sun came up, I could only say one thing, how great thou art. It's an awesomeness about God's glory. Who is like Jehovah? Who is like Yahweh? And the word that's used there is the word Elohim, the great creator. My brothers and sisters, the earth is filled with the glory of the Lord. But do you notice it? Secondly, God's glory is seen in God's goodness. Chapter 33 and verse 19. Then he said, I will make all my goodness to pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion but God said you'll never see my face but you'll see the evidence of my glory and so my beloved people this morning in God's goodness stop in this world in which we live as wicked and as dark and as discouraging as it is i encourage you to look at the goodness of god i will make my goodness he says to pass before you because he's going to put his hand on moses keep him in the cleft of the rock and he was going to show him his goodness now how is god good that's the other question the answer is when i look at god and i say god in himself was complete god in himself was satisfied God in himself needed nobody else to make him happy. God was happy as God. Why did he create the world? Why did he create human beings? Well, he created them because he's a good God. And out of God's goodness, out of the nature of his goodness, comes the glory of his goodness. What does he do? He spreads his goodness to others. And that's what God wanted to do and show Moses. I want to show you my goodness. That's all in God's nature. Why? You were made in the image and the likeness of God. And you see, the problem was this man sinned and the glory departed. The image of God is marred. That little word, kabod, is the Hebrew word which means the weight. You can see the full image of God in man in the garden. But when man sinned, Ichabod, the glory departed. Now you remember Eli had two sons, Ophni and Phinehas. And Samuel was a young boy there in the temple. And Israel was defeated. And they came and said, your sons have been killed. And his daughter-in-law, who was having a baby, went into labor. And she uses this word, Ichabod. The glory of the Lord has departed from his temple. The weight of who God is 
has left an empty shell in the lives of mankind. And isn't it true that man is empty inwardly? Man lives meaninglessly and purposelessly because the glory of God's goodness is not experienced anymore in our lives and we become discouraged. Let me remind you today, to enjoy the spreading of His goodness, you need to know the true and living God and begin to live in His image and His likeness. Well, it is interesting to note this morning that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. The goodness of God leads us to The glory of God would say one thing to you and me. Repent because you're a sinner so you can enjoy my presence. Well, if you look at the word Ichabod again, what are we saying? That God has departed. We're saying here, deity has left man. He is withdrawn. And man was given over to his own devices. And that's why the glory of the Lord is not seen from so many unbelieving lives. Do you see the glory of the Lord? The goodness of God in your life? You know, I stop at, as a pastor of this church and I see the goodness of God to this community in spite of unbelief. I see the goodness of God in His provision, the food. I see Him giving us opportunity to touch lives that are hurting every week here at this church. And I say thank you to God. I see the goodness of God in giving you, my people, food every day uh, or some days in your homes through his mighty hand. God is a good God. Can you see his glory? You need to say amen. Amen? Well, if God is good, who is he then? God is faithful. If he sees the sparrow fall, he'll hear your call and he'll answer that for food because he's your God. You'll see his glory. God is patient and long-suffering, says the Bible. How often have we turned away and lived our own way? We've gone astray and yet we ask for forgiveness of the same sin over and over and over and over again. The greatness and the goodness of God is seen in His faithfulness to forgive you, in His faithfulness to be patient and long-suffering with you and I to turn back to His ways and follow Him. Israel had failed again and again. And although God disciplined them, through the discipline, the purpose was to bring them back to God. Any discipline in your life and mine this morning is not that God has judged you or discarded you. No, it's to bring you and me back for His purpose. You remember Isaiah then, in the presence of the, of the Lord. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. The death of King Uzziah upset um, Isaiah tremendously. It left that void, that Ichabod. He says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Now, how did he see God? What was the glory there? The beauty of holiness. Nobody in this room or in this world can describe a beauty. We can attempt it. But you can't give me a definition. You can give me a definition of a soccer ball and describe it. But you can't describe beauty. And so the beauty of holiness, that's what he saw. A beautiful, holy, undescribable God in character and nature. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And Isaiah said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. He knew his sinfulness in the presence of a holy God. Then we notice the fourth thing here this morning is that God's glory is seen 
God's, God's glory is seen by the power of his, of, of his name. And you see, as we read this morning, we saw that Moses, that God came down and stood with Moses and proclaimed his name. What is that proclamation? God has always proclaimed his name through his people. I am the Lord your God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you see the glory of God? Do you see the greatness of God in the truth that God declares through his word about himself and his salvation? Do you see his glory? His greatness? Do you see his goodness? Do you see this morning that his name, his gospel, his good news is his glory? It shares his greatness with you and me. And, and of course, that gospel includes his mercy. What does it say? The God of goodness is the God of truth, is the God of love, is the God of mercy. Because that um, this is what he will do. He will keep mercy with thousands. So, I want to say lovingly, God's name is Yahweh, an awesome name, a name the Jews never mentioned outwardly, but they used this word Jehovah, but not the word Yahweh. And so, he is holy to them. Fifthly, I want us to notice, God's glory is displayed in his character. Where would that be seen? God took his finger and I, I, I had to correct myself here. I thought Moses wrote the second Ten Commandments. But God wrote them. The finger of God wrote on the table of stone again his character, who he is. So there's no mistake. God is the I am. I am the Lord your God. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou worship. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not covet. God is expressing his glory through his character. Yes, I believe this morning God fulfills his glory in you and me through his love for you and me. You see, the Jews kept the law but didn't keep the relationship. Some people, you can't keep the relationship without the law. And you, there's a missing ingredient. What is it? Love. The love of God helps you keep. Because you love God, you won't lie. Because you love God, you won't sleep with your neighbor's wife. Because you love God, you'll obey God. That's the motivation. And so the glory, the greatness and the glory and the goodness of God is seen. And the name of God is honored all gloriously in your life. When you as an individual and myself as an individual accept to be obedient to the word of God with, in love because I love you God. That grows my relationship and there is fulfillment in my life. The character of God revealed. Now you will notice with all the other revelations of God through any other religions when man says God wrote these tables, these tablets and these and this there is no glory. <laughs> but here you see the greatness and the glory of God. The glory of the Lord, as that is taking place, reveals His presence. This is who God is. 
How can you worship a God you don't know in character? How can you say, I'll obey you when you never know what he's like? As you seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him today while he is, here, he is near. The sixth thing that happened in this passage is this, that Moses stood there with God in the proclamation of this good news and the, the, the expression of this character on the tablets of stone, which God says in the New Testament, I'll write these things, I'll tattoo them, I'll indelibly put them onto your heart. Why? Because you know me and love me. Therefore you will know my presence. Moses worshipped God. I want to bring this to a close this morning by challenging you. Ichabod, is our worship an empty shell? It is. We know words, we know songs, we know the place to go, we know the music, we know the people. But we don't know the weight of God's glory. Therefore our worship is empty. And my brothers and sisters, we worship a person. God is a person, three in one. We worship this living being. And where would that be revealed as we close? In the transfiguration. Remember when Jesus took Peter, James and John to the top of Mount, the mountain? And there he is transfigured before them. He shines brighter than the brilliance of the sun. The word is metamorphosis. From the inside, Jesus' glory as God, the Son, is now is revealed outside of his humanity. And the light is so bright that they're blinded. But there are two visitors that day to the top of that mountain. Moses and Elijah. The one who asked to see the glory of God now shares the glory of God. The one who, who, who was taken in the glory of God, Elisha, to heaven and brought Right to that mountain. Did they recognize Moses and Elijah? They'd never seen them literally. But they were blinded by the light. And then you see them saying, can't we stay here in this glory and wondrous place? Man wants to dwell, doesn't he, where God is. He doesn't want to go down and face life's problems, but God says, my glory is there. You need to acknowledge it. And Peter and James and John understood that, that Jesus Christ was the embodiment of the glory of God. He was the picture of the glory of God. He was the living revelation of the glory of God. And John actually writes in John 1.14, we beheld his glory, we saw his glory. As of the only begotten of the Father, we were filled with grace and truth. We not only saw it, we experienced grace because we believed the truth. It wasn't just the law, it was grace, the unmerited favor of God, and the truth of God that changed our lives to enjoy the glory of God. Have you heard the words of God on that mountain? In every act of God's great glory, in that revelation, God reveals himself. This is my beloved son. Wow, that's glorious. Hallelujah. That's the wonder of his glory. How do we see him? 
today in the world. Jesus is not here literally. God is not standing on top of mountains, writing things on tables of stone, wearing books for us. He's done it. Do we see his glory? How do we see it? You see it this morning as you listen to the word by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Your faith can see God. Your faith, and this is the marvel about faith, it sees that which is invisible. Because God is invisible, you see, to the naked eye. God doesn't have a nose, ears, and arms. He's a spirit. But you can see the invisible God through his goodness, his greatness, his faithfulness, his word. He's there every morning. Stop and consider it. We see him who is invisible. Hebrews 11, 27. My closing thoughts are these. If you don't understand his glory, that infallible truth would never change your life. Because by faith you get understanding. From understanding the truth, you experience the change that should be in your life. Moses knew the God of glory. He knew the great power and demonstration of God. Therefore he heard the voice of God. Many Christians are phoning me and saying, God won't speak to me literally, that's true. But through his glory and in his presence, when you're there, when, when Gabod is there, the weight of his glory is there, and you acknowledge the glory of God, you must hear the voice of God. If you don't hear the voice of God, you've never known the glory of God. If you don't recognize his glory, you will never, never understand what, the way God is leading you, showing you and demonstrating to you. Listen to the words of God in all his glory. Once again, this is my beloved son. What did John, Peter and James do with those words? First John will tell you. What does he tell us? John says, I touched, I handled the word of life. I've experienced Christ, the Son of the living God. And my brothers and sisters, this is not a game. It's not just the name of Jesus, but it is taking to believe that God in his greatness, goodness, Power by his name through his gospel has revealed his glory. It's in Christ Jesus our Lord. You say, Pastor, what do you want me to do this morning? Seek his face, seek the truth, and see his goodness. Honor God for who he is, that you may hear the voice of God, that your faith may be strengthened, and that you and I might continue to grow in our relationship with the true and the living God. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty, eternal God, we worship you this morning because you've revealed your glory. You've come to us. You brought Jesus to us. You brought your full word to us. You showed us your greatness by what you did in Jesus Christ in salvation. We have seen your glory in the cross.
When man looked at tragedy, you were showing us glory. And Lord, how we thank you for your goodness so that we could be forgiven. Thank you for your graciousness that we could experience your love and your redemption. The price has been paid. We ask you this morning that we may come to the point of realization that we accept the truth by faith and believe and see by faith and realize by faith that we can be the children of God and know his glory. I pray for brothers and sisters who are in Christ this morning. Encourage us. Uplift us. And Lord, may we acknowledge again all your goodness throughout the earth. The glory of the Lord is upon us. That the glory of the Lord <clears throat> may be in us. Restoring us to the image and the likeness of God. We pray this morning for that seeking soul. We pray, Lord, for that discouraged heart. We pray for the one who longs to see your face. Lord, reveal as you have said through your word in the power of your blessed spirit. We seek you that we may find you so that we can know you. In Jesus' blessed name, to you be the glory, the honor, and the power. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning as you... Uh, take cognizance of the word, you listen again to it, there may be questions, it may be difficult to understand, but remember God is the final interpreter of this message. Secondly is this, your tithes and offerings, some of you phoned me, did not know where to put your tithes, please look at the message, uh, at the message and you will see the uh, uh, banking details to put your tithes and offerings in. We've been away from each other a long time. You love the church. You love the body of Christ. Please be faithful and put your tithes into the bank this week. The Lord bless you. And then just to say to you, if some of you are in need uh, for food and that, please phone me. We'll put you on the list so some, something can be delivered to you on Thursdays. God bless you and keep you. The glory of the Lord is the magnificence of our God. And we worship and we praise and we rejoice. And we say, the presence of the Lord is glorious. Amen. God has not forgotten us. God bless you and keep you on this, the Lord's day. Amen.